The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. All right, everybody, we are back. Second part of our UFC 278 post-fight coverage. We have a brand-new welterweight champion of the world. His name is Leon Edwards, and what an end to a very interesting, sometimes bizarre card, and it ended in just the most insane, wacky way possible. New champ, big upset, fun fights, a lot to discuss here on our live UFC 278 post-fight show. Thank you for joining us. I am Mike Heck. Jed Mishu is here. We will hear his fiery hot takes in a matter of moments. But first, let's head to Salt Lake City, Utah and join Mr. Jose Youngs, who is joining us right now. Jose, how are you, my man? Leon Edwards is the new welterweight champion. He was down three rounds to run in the scorecards, on his way to losing the fifth round, and then boom, head kick with less than a minute left. We got a new champion. Your reaction to what we saw in the main event tonight? I mean, it was obviously one of the more shocking finishes I've seen. Uh, I wouldn't put it as the sh- most shocking as or best comeback, as a lot of people say, especially in a title fight. I'd still kind of give that to Anderson submitting Chael Sonnen. But it's clearly like if you on the short list for most shocking knockouts, craziest comebacks, uh, biggest upsets, whatever you want to call it. Like it's clearly this moment will live in time in MMA. But yeah. All right, we'll see you later. I mean, leave leave Jose alone here. It's okay. Unbelievable. uh, It's clearly on on the short list for like a lot of end of the year awards, like historic moments in MMA. This is going to be one of those things where, where were you watching when Leon Edwards head kicked Kamaru Usman? Uh, It's obviously the first time Kamaru Usman's lost in the UFC. First time he's been knocked out. Like England's got it. It's, it's 
first UFC welterweight champion. So uh, a lot of firsts in the UFC. So it's a this historic moment here. And not for nothing, everyone complained about why are they coming to Utah. This crowd was better than a Vegas card. This crowd was better than Jacksonville. This crowd was better than Houston. This crowd was better than Dallas. This crowd was better than almost everything outside of that first London card I went to. This arena was unhinged for almost the entire night. So very, very fun night and all around for fights. If you if you were here, obviously. Yeah, and just it's it just one of those things that makes you appreciate the emotional roller coaster that is the sport because you have a man in Kamara who's winning the fight the way we expected him to win it, and then boom, it all happens. And now some big things going on, Jose. Now, I mean, I know Dana kind of walked it back at the press conference, but they want to do the the rematch in London, the trilogy fight. L- Wembley was mentioned. Leon Edwards is obviously very excited about that idea. Is there a chance, like, what would you gauge the chances that this third fight, this rematch for the belts between Leon Edwards and Kamar Usman actually takes place at Wembley Stadium? Do you think Leon has enough of a, has, has enough power in this moment to be like, come on, man, like, we got to do this. Do you think Dana can be convinced to make this happen in the stadium? Oh, I think, I mean, if, if, if Dana could guarantee it doesn't rain in London, England, then probably. <laughs> but that's a call order. That's like saying don't let the sun rise in Florida. It just doesn't. It happens like twice a year. So it, it's just hard because it's an outdoor arena. You don't want it to rain in the in a UFC fight. So if you could guarantee that, then yeah, I'm sure I'll, I'll, I'd give it a ten and ten chance. But it's just it's a it's a weird it's a weird scene holding stuff outside. But if they're gonna hold in a, a, a stadium show, the UK's the place to do it because they're used to watching uh, sporting events in this big stadium, same as Australia. So if they're going to go anywhere in London and they go to the in, to Wembley, so be it. Hope it doesn't rain in London. I know that's a tall order. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, co-main event, we saw just an insane fight between Paulo Costa and Luke Rockhold. Luke the stakes fight. were very high for both guys. It was just a crazy battle. Went back and forth. If you told me that this fight was going to go to a decision, I would have laughed in your face heading into that fight. But we got a 15-minute war. And from all indications, the final one of Luke Rockhold's career. What did you think of the fight and, and Rockhold's decision to to call it a career? I mean, Rockhold's retired before, so I guess it doesn't surprise me. But also wouldn't surprise me if you walked it back like he did before. Um, I don't know it came off through the TV, but it was... It was a weird fight, man, because like the crowd was booing, and the loudest pop of the night, besides Leon Edwards' head kicking Kamar Usman, was when I think that in the third round when when Costa was just controlling Rockhold on the canvas, and there was like nothing really happening, and the crowd was getting real annoyed and booing when Luke got hit the transition and got on top. It's like it was like watching a knockout. Like people were just excited that Luke Rockhold did something, and they started rubbing blood into his head, and the place just went nuts. I was like, "What? What am I missing here?" It was just a basic transition to top control, but the crowd went nuts for it. So, yeah, weird fight, exciting fight. Uh, didn't expect Luke Rockhold to literally turn his back at points, put his hands on his knees. Paulo Costa threw almost no punches to the head, which was very weird. It was a lot of like body shots and head kicks, but Luke's hands were literally on his at his side, and I'm like, Paulo, just punch him in the head, and like that's all you have to do. And he just didn't do it. Weird, sloppy fight, and I was like, is this the best, worst fight I've ever seen, or the worst, best fight? 
I have ever seen. And I'm leaning towards the best worst fight I have ever seen in the UFC. So I had a good time. It was crazy to watch and people loved it. And I guess that's the most important. I mean, it, when you're pondering retirement and you head into the octagon, you think it might be your last fight. Like you want to go out with a win, obviously, but for Luke Rockhold, even going on in a loss, is this like the best way that he could potentially walk away from the sport right now? Like after a crazy fight like that, fans cheering for him. I mean, it's not a win, but this is about as as good as it can get coming off of a loss, is it not? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he got the respect of everyone, not named Jake Paul, but who cares about that? Um, yeah, I mean, walked out with his head held high. Daniel Cormier called, like left. The, I don't know if they showed it on the broadcast or whatever. But Daniel Cormier literally left the commentary booth to go hug Luke Rockhold, and Luke Rockhold was holding back tears, hugged Cheeto before he walked out, and then his teammates and him walked to the back. And Luke Rockhold, this is indeed the last time we see Luke Rockhold in the octagon. He's had 99% of the MMA world would kill to have his career. And obviously, he has a lot of opportunities outside of the sport. So I just hope whatever he does, he succeeds. Uh, and good on him for the all week not holding back on the fighter paid talk because he's definitely one of the louder voices and definitely push the narrative that most fighters should push. Marab Dual really defeats Jose Aldo. Wasn't the fight we expected, but Marab gets the biggest win of his career. Boo, Where do you think this win? Where, we'll get to you, Jed. Quiet down over there. Uh, what does this win do for him? Like where? Where is he sort of in this Grand Prix of sorts at 135? Like, I felt like Cheeto Vera was the biggest winner tonight, but where does this put Marab after beating Jose Aldo? I mean, it really depends on how the fight in Abu Dhabi plays out because if TJ wins and they want to do Marab versus TJ because Marab wants to get revenge on TJ, so be it. But then Sugar Sean O'Malley beats Peter Yan. I don't know. You don't give him a title shot against either TJ Dillashaw or uh, Peter Yan. Or if, if they give Marab the title fight and then you do Cheeto versus Sean O'Malley for the number one contender, that's if Sean O'Malley beats Peter Yan, which is also a tall task. If Peter Yan wins, he obviously has beef with uh, Marab really too, because you saw what he was tweeting. So uh, Marab rises, but there's a few other pins that have to fall down because we also have the uh, the Sandhagen Song Yudong fight that is awesome. That has to that also has to play out. So ask me again in October, and I'll have a better answer. All right, last thing. Outside of the top three fights, what's the most memorable moment of the night for you? What stood out to you the most? Hmm. Besides Dana saying hmm. that the, the Raiders almost got Tom Brady and Gronk. Well, I don't give a cr- I don't give a crap about that. I'm a sports <laughs> fan. I don't like I'm a I'm a sports fan, so I don't like the Patriots. Um I'd probably say, I mean, anytime you put fat heavyweights fighting in altitude, that's always fun. Uh, the Jared Gordon fight was the Jared Gordon fight was intriguing, and his post-fight interview, I think, stood out because he called out Patty Pimblett, not because he doesn't like him or wants the rub, but because he wants to increase awareness towards mental health. And then he made a lot of other jokes about like his past drug issues and stuff. So at least he's making light of it. So probably those two, Amir Al-Bazi obviously looked absolutely incredible. And he said uh, modern day jujitsu is watered down. And I was like, damn, I really want to see him fight someone in the top five at flyweight ASAP. So yeah, a lot of fun fights. Uh, Tyson Pedro obviously front kicked uh, Harry Hunsucker and then says he wants to run it back with Shogun. And he won't tell me why outside if he wants to. He wants to get the win back, but he also promised someone that he would get it. And he'd tell me after he fights him. So all those, a lot of, lot of, lot of nuggets of interest after this, after this fight card. There you go, Jose. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. I know it's chaos over there in Salt Lake City, but well done, my man. Safe travels back to Phoenix, and uh, 
We'll see you in the next one, my man. And say goodbye to that guy, Mark Ramundi, over there, who just wants to to get on camera so bad. Yeah, shouts to Ramundi. He just wants to be on camera so badly. Thank you, Jose. I appreciate it. Jose, can you give Ramundi a good chop chop across his chest right now? Just... Oh yeah, just on the podcast on the podcast network. You're not going to be able to see the chop that Jose just landed on Mark, but Mark sold it absolutely perfectly. So, yeah. all right, Jose, enjoy the rest of your evening and good work, awesome my guy. Great job, great great work. Let's bring up Jed Mishu because he's just been sitting back, oh, no. waiting for his opportunity to wax poetically about what we saw tonight in Utah. It was a crazy card. There it is. There's Jed Bashu. Jed, Leon Edwards is the freaking champion of the world. And I don't think like the results if like in a vacuum is all that surprising because I even tweeted out right before the fight, last chance, who's picking Leon Edwards? I couldn't believe the amount of responses of people saying Leon Edwards is going to win this fight. But after round four, I don't think anybody expected Leon Edwards to win this fight. And he comes up this, like Jose said, I don't think this is the most shocking moment in UFC history, but as you like to do on damn, they were good. This is a Mount Rushmore shocking moment in UFC history. Is it not? Oh yeah, for sure. Like this is again, because it's exactly what you said, right? Like it is not, if you had told me at the beginning of the night that Leon Edwards is going to win by head kick KO, I'd have been like, that's actually very plausible. Uh, because I even wrote that that was a possibility of my breakdown of this fight. Like Kamaru Usman mostly blocks head kicks. He doesn't. And so like, you should do that a lot just because it's a good thing. And that's a great way for you to knock somebody out. If you've ever played UFC like four or whatever, (laughs) but I would never have said it would have come after Leon looked defeated. Cause like he really just did. Like I know some Twitter people are getting like really upset with the commentary team for saying it, but like, he he actively did look defeated at points in time. And at one point in time, he looked up to Herb Dean while he's getting smothered and like does the does the classic, I don't have any answers here, so I'm going to look to Herb Dean about what the hell's going on. Like, But it's a credit to Leon Edwards because even though he was defeated in the fifth round, he pulled himself together and, and did what he needed to do. So uh, in you know at the beginning of the night, if you told me, not shocking, like not super shocking, surprising – with all the context, there I think there's a good argument that this is the greatest KO in, in UFC history, like given the context of the moment. Yeah, it was it was absolutely unbelievable. And it's just it's just the roller coaster of the sport can provide, Jed. Kamar Usman, you know, had a tough first round. Leon Edwards capitalized on a very rare mistake from Kamaru and Maybe at that point, people were like, oh, maybe maybe Kamaro isn't taking this as seriously. But Trevor Whitman, great job in the corner saying, look, you made a mistake. It's okay. It happens. Just don't make any more. And Kamaro's like, okay. And he came out and had a great second round, great third round, great fourth round, and a great fifth round until the head kick lands. But there is no other option here. We're running this one back a third time. Like, you weren't really... A lot of people really weren't sure how this could go, especially with Hamza Shemaev getting ready to fight Nate Diaz. Not that this has real title implications, but it's a huge fight. Shemaev is a is a rising star in the promotion. And now, obviously, Jorge Mazadal has tweeted out that, oh, maybe we're going back to the UK. That's a big fight for Leon. That's one that he wants. It's a big fight for the UFC because Mazadal is a star. It's It would be a big fight for Leon as well, not just from the personal level, but for his bank account as well, but there's no other option here. We're going, we're going to London. We're going to do it either at the O2 or, or Wembley. And we're going to do 
Edwards Usman three. Are we not? We are. I I dislike that because I've been on the record time and time again. I hate immediate rematches. Like in any circumstance, except for like an outright robbery or of like a very narrow window that I'm okay with an immediate rematch. Uh, like there's just nothing else going on because it feels unfair to me to Leon Edwards. Like he, he did the thing. He won the fight. He did the thing. Now he has to do it twice. And that has always felt very unfair to me when you could just demand Usman gets one more win and then Leon can defend against somebody else. But that's not the reality that we live in. They're for sure going to run this back. Um, and it'll probably be a really big fight. And if they can do it in England, uh, that would be great. And I hope that they can do it. But like, I don't, I, if I was in charge, I probably would give it to Jorge Masvidal, even though that's like the worst kind of fight. It's big business. It's, it's a reward for Leon for doing the thing. Like he, he did the thing. Let's, let's reward him with a fight. He very clearly wants a fight. He will win. You could do it in England. And then you can do Usman next, and it's it's okay. And you're getting at least one more squeeze out of Masvidal because otherwise you're just not going to get one out of Masvidal. But yeah, that's it's fine. I mean, we'll we'll run back Usman Edwards three, and I mean it was a, I won't say it was an entertaining fight, but it was very good mixed martial arts. So I got no issues in in the aggregate. Yeah, and another name that kind of slides back into the title conversation outside once this trilogy is wrapped and packed, Colby Covington now is back in the title picture. And I know that kind of rubs people the wrong way, but now you have a, a potential fresh matchup. And if Colby gets a win, he's probably right back in there. I have to say this before we move on. Besides Kamara Usman, true or false, the biggest loser in this situation is Bilal Muhammad. It has to be because he was – I mean. He's probably still like two or three wins away from getting to Usman anyways because of his – he's not a huge star. Like he's likable. He's on a good streak, and eventually he's probably going to get the Leon treatment. Like you probably need eight or nine wins in a row and eventually get a title shot. But now that Leon's here, you got a trilogy fight coming up. If Shamaya beats Diaz, he's in the conversation. Mazadal's in the conversation. Colby's in the conversation. Bilal, even if he puts the boots to Sean Brady, is probably taking a step back here, right? I would disagree that he's the biggest loser because I think Hamzat is the biggest loser because Hamzat was going to get the next welterweight title fight and now he's on ice and he'll either fight Bilal, which is probably – if Bilal wins, and I don't think he will because I think Sean Brady's really damn good, but if Bilal does win, he is probably in a situation where he has to try and call out Hamzat and Hamzat has to decide if he's ready to fight. Like If he wants to continue fighting, then he'll get to, but otherwise he'll just have to wait for the winner of this bout. Uh, which is a shame because I've been pretty open about it. I think Hamzat uh, would beat either of these men up if they got into a fist fight. Uh, I think he's probably the best welterweight in the world, and he's going to do horrible things to Nate Diaz, and then he's going to have to wait until next year to to get a title fight. So I think he's the biggest loser. Also, it's hard for me to call Bilal the biggest loser because I don't think he's beating Sean Brady, so it kind of doesn't affect him in any regard. <laughs> but if we're living in a world where he does beat Sean Brady, I'm still like I said, I'm still not even sure it sets him back because he was beating I don't care if he if he tornado kick KO Sean Brady in six seconds, he's not he's not getting a title fight. He's still at least one, probably two wins away. <laughs> so 
he's because you're right. He's good. He's the new Leon Edwards. Like that's where it is. So I just don't think it sets him that back. It's, I mean, he would have preferred it not happen, but I think ultimately it's not a huge difference for him. Fair enough. Let's go to the co-main event. Oh no. First I want to say one very important thing about the main event. I mean, I have a lot of thoughts about it, but we can get to questions and sure a ton of them. That first round, buddy, I just want to talk about it because we were in our, our, our work slack and we're talking about how weird this card was and the altitude and funny, odd shit was happening. And so I went on DraftKings.com and I looked at uh, the prop bets and I was like, Leon Edwards by submission is an astronomical plus 24 and change 100. That would be the silliest and stupidest possible outcome here. I'm going to bet on it. Just just do a little <laughs> bit down. And in the first round, when he gets to back and he is fishing an arm under, I was losing my mind. I was trying to live blog and not be like, do it, do it, choke him, choke him, choke him. <laughs> and I felt so good for such a brief moment in time. And that's why gambling is great. Just there you go. Just to share that. Don't listen to AK. AK says never gamble on MMA. Gambling Jet says is, absolutely it, gamble on MMA. Uh, this fight would have been great anyway, but I had so much fun in that first round when like, it really <laughs> looked like that was going to happen. Oh, man. So, that would have been absolutely insane. You would have been, been taking a victory lap right now of epic proportions. Uh, the NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Let's go to the co-main event because we're talking about weird and crazy this one. And I was talking to Casey about this on the press conference show that had that head kick not landed, we'd be spending the majority of the time on this post-fight show talking about this co-main event between Paul Acosta and Luke Rockhold. And I think Jose sort of set the table perfectly here. It was either the best worst fight or the worst best fight, but it was a damn lot of fun watching it. I'm sure you enjoyed it. This is a much different fight than a lot of us expected. And I think that was sort of the theme throughout the night, but 
the co-main event. What did you think? So I ruled. Um, I mean, I, I am not. I haven't done a a decided list, but off the top of my head, it's the second best fight of the year. Uh, obviously, behind your Brasher Glover Teixeira, like no, nothing's beating that fight. It's one of the three best fights of all time, if not just outright the best fight of all time. But I mean. I I come down on the side that I think Jose ultimately settled on that this was the worst best fight. <clears throat> it there were a lot of bad tactical decisions and some real sloppiness, but it just enhanced the quality. And so it it was great. Uh and I, I tweeted it. If this is the last we see Luke Rockhold, it's a hell of a way to go out, man. Um really good fight, really fun, in no way a fight I expected. I thought this was two true outcomes. Rockhold gets a takedown and wins, or Rockhold gets punched in the face and falls over. Somehow neither – both of those things happened, but neither of them happened. It was it, it was very, very compelling watch. Uh, and if if you bought this pay-per-view, I, the first two fights, not worth your money. We talked about it in the pre-show. Uh, but the main event outcome and that fight – more than delivered for your purchase price this this time around. True or false? We have seen Luke Rockhold's last UFC fight. I'm gonna go false, but I'm not. I don't have a ton of confidence behind that. I mean, he has left the sport before. It's hard for me. I. It makes sense him leaving at this point. Oddly, makes sense and doesn't right because. We all talked about beforehand. We all thought that if he lost, he would leave. But I think, certainly for me, and I can't speak for you, but my belief was that if he lost, it was going to be brutally violent and in the same way he's been losing. It was going to be a left hook that punches him unconscious. And he didn't. And I have a lot of questions on if Paulo Costa is good at fighting. I think he is, but I'm not. He is a very, very weird fighter for me to judge. Because he's obviously extremely durable, and I, I think his game is is smartly built. But I, sometimes he fights really, really not smart, and he also, Luke Rockhold is his best win, and I'm not sure not knocking out Luke Rockhold, who's old and hadn't fought in three years, is actually a good win, if that seems disparaging it probably is but like i just have a lot of questions about paulo costa but he is one of the top 10 middleweights in the world and he didn't like totally style on luke he won convincingly but luke had a ton of moments in that fight and it is possible that that fight could look very different not at altitude which seemed to play havoc with everybody tonight so uh it was very odd that this luke lost the fight but if he I don't feel he needs to retire, which is not a thing I would have thought coming into this. But if he had, if he's choosing to, it's it's really hard to walk out of MMA in a good place. That's about as good of a retirement as you can really hope for. But I think Luke is. I think he's going to come back because he's done this before, and he's going to go back and he's a little heartbroken. He's really sad about what happened, but then he's going to realize I haven't fought in three years. And I just took a former title challenger, you know, one of the top 10 guys in the world. We went hammer and tongs. And I, I maybe I tried really hard, but I wasn't there. But I have I have things to do. Like, I, I still have more to give. And I just think his, his for lack of a better word, I think his ego is going to catch him up and he's going to come back in at some point. 
I'll talk more about how I feel about the situation tomorrow on on to the next one because I think it's like 95% that he's done, but the 5% that I'm feeling could actually Not, happen. And 95% am, in MMA retirement, you're going to say 95%. I feel, I feel pretty strongly unless this 5% comes through. And this number could probably be higher for me, but I actually think that this 5%, you can make a compelling case that this 5% grows. Uh, but more on that, 11 a.m. Eastern, on to the next one tomorrow. Oh, no, I'm excited uh, we discussed, Yes, we discussed matchmaking and what could be for both guys. And I thought we were going to talk a little bit more about Paul Acosta's future, but apparently he doesn't even understand his future at this point because coming into the fight, we thought that was the last fight on his deal. Post-fight press conference, he said, I'm not really sure if it's the last fight on my deal, but if, if it is, maybe I'll go box Jake Paul, but it might not be. So we'll we'll sit down and figure it out. So we're a little unsure of Paulo Costa's future at this moment. Paulo, leave if it's if it's the last fight on your deal. Leave, go to the PFL, my guy. Just do it. And you happen to be wearing a PFL shirt, so perfect. Sure, uh, sure you I did. Am. You sure are. You did boo when I mentioned the featured bout. Yeah, Rob Dwalishvili. <laughs> Rob Dwalishvili oh, defeats shit. Jose Aldo. You are not a fan of this decision. Um, I'm not a fan of the decision. It it's not bad. I am in no way crying robbery. Officially, MMAfighting.com scored that fight for Jose Aldo because I scored the fight for Jose Aldo. Uh, I'm I'm a just I'm not a fan of everything that happened. Right? Like, if you believe Marab Dodge really won that fight, I don't have any issues with it. Uh, certainly, if that was a five round fight, Marab would have convincingly won that fight. But the entire premise of this fight was objectively stupid to start with. Jose Aldo had a good three fight winning streak over. I don't know. You guys ever heard of Cheeto Vera? He's doing pretty hot shit stuff right now. And Aldo, Aldo stunned it on him. Like he, he beat a lot of very good guys in this division Deserved to have a title fight against Aljamain Sterling. And they gave it to TJ Dillashaw because reasons. I, I don't know. Uh, instead he had to fight Marab and, I am not saying that Marab Dvalashvili is a bad fighter because he's very, very clearly not. I'm very highly ranked in my personal rankings. I am saying he he did not fight that fight to win that fight. He fought that fight to to take judges' scorecards. And I am also not saying that Jose Aldo fought the best fight of his life. But at various points in time, he was at least trying to hurt Marab and I never at any point got the opinion that Marab was trying to hurt Jose. Uh, I thought the first round, the judge who scored at 30-27, uh, he, he should be put up against the post and shot. Um, that was awful. Uh, <laughs> like you, you just shouldn't score the first round. I mean, the judging was horrific uh, tonight. Just really bad in a lot of spots. That was a really bad scorecard. Um, I, I expected Marab to win uh, to get – to uh, the second and third round, I I'll have to rewatch it. Maybe I'm wrong. I thought this. I gave the second round to Jose because he actually punched Marab some and kicked him a few times. And my issue with the fight is you could see when it happened. Like you could see after round one, Marab realized I can just spam takedowns and I won't get any of them because I I ain't that dude and Jose is. But I can just wall install him, and that's fine because I'm going to win win the cards. And I would love to look at the stats. I know Casey hates stats, 
Uh, I can't imagine a bunch of significant strikes were landed either way. But the third round, like the third round is a round that I is like told, like that is a Marab round, but that's how you're supposed to do that. If you watch the difference between rounds two and three, Marab does nothing sub- substantively offensive in round two. He just grabs a leg, pushes Aldo to the fence, and holds on until Aldo can break it off. And in the third round, he actually starts putting punches together. He he hits him a lot. Like he's he is effectuating actual offense instead of wall installing. And so if he he could have done that earlier, he just didn't. And so that's why I scored the round for Aldo. And uh, again, a lot of it is I just hand up. It's being butthurt that Aldo's in this position to lose this stupid fight in this very stupid, unappealing way. Like if if you're gonna beat Jose Max Holloway, like do something dope. Don't don't do that. Like that was just super damn lame. So, I mean, it is what it is. Jose Aldo's greatest featherweight of all time, top five fighter of all time. Um, I I will though get on my soapbox and say we gave Jose a title fight after he quote unquote lost to Marlon Rice. Do it again. Shit, if I care, do it again. Run it back. So the official stats. Overall, Marab outlands Jose Aldo significant strikes fifty eight to fifty seven to thirty eight. Overall strikes one thirty five to fifty nine. Oh for sixteen for takedowns. Round one, uh, Aldo landed fifteen of twenty five significant strikes. Uh, yep, Marab landed sixteen of forty nine. But I definitely thought Aldo landed them way more impactful he landed shots. Way way better. And the same in the second round. I'm looking at it right now. They both landed round two, 11 to eleven. Stakes. And then for six and a bunch of control time. Like I, and I guess that's the crux of this here. It is less an issue with the scoring, though. I still think by the rules stated, Aldo should have won the second round. I don't give a shit about control time and no one should. Like, I know that that is officially a third layer of scoring or whatever, but we shouldn't. It is. I have a fundamentally huge issue with the way we score fights and a lot. And like, who gives a shit? Like genuinely who cares who is controlling a fight has no one. If you're not damaging or effectuating real offense, it's none of it matters. Like I think we should be way more comfortable with being like, yeah, that round's a draw. Cause neither of you hurt the other dude or tried to hurt the other dude. Like I'm cool with that. Uh, it's never going to happen, but like it's re- that's a hard pill to swallow that Marab won that round by holding a leg and holding a dude up against defense. And credit to him, he could do it and Jose couldn't stop it. But I don't think that – I don't believe that that is, should be valued in the way it is valued at this stage. Yeah, 30-27 is a – Terrible scorecard. Score terrible scorecard. Uh, good win for Lucy Pudalova. Wasn't the worst of the evening, though. <laughs> no, we're going to get to that. Uh, good win for Lucy Pudalova. Tyson Pedro, great non-shocking result. Huh? Yeah, great win. She great win fantastic. She looked really, really good. The worst scorecards of the night came in the feature oh, yeah. prelim between Martin Tybora and Alexander Romanov. Jed, no, I don't think anybody in MA media has been higher on Alexander Romanov than the two of us. I ain't no more. I have him, I had him, yeah, I had him ranked higher than anybody in our MMA fighting goal rankings, great rankings. I did, I had him eight, and I think you had him nine. I had him one spot above you. Um, And I even wrote my predictions this morning that released this morning that... 
Yeah, that Romanov was just going to truck Marcin Tybora. He was going to win a 10-8 first round, and then he was going to sub him in the second. And that in the well, next 18 to 24 months, he did. And then in the next 18, 24 months, he's going to fight for the title. Don't think that's going to happen right now. However, only one judge scored that first round 10-8 for Alexander Romanov. And to me, even though I thought 30-27 Marab was a horrific scorecard, not giving Romanov a 10-8 in that first round is pure it's just absolute absolutely egregious what else do you have to do to get a 10-8 besides i mean he got trucked in that round and didn't land one strike not one strike did he land in that first round he basically got perfect gamed and that's a 10-9 i just don't understand it i mean but i will say this and i'm sure you agree with me on this romana deserved to lose the fight like he definitely deserved to lose You've been reading my tweets because, yes, I tweeted that right after where I was just like, uh, officially, this is a horrific decision. It very obviously should be a draw. Spiritually, Romanov, you know, spirit of the law, Romanov deserves to lose. Not because, just to be clear, not because Marcin Tabura beat his ass or whatever, because uh, he really didn't, but just because you you should be punished if you're awful. And boy, howdy. I don't. I I am very disparaging to fighters all the time. Everyone watching this should be aware of this by now. Um, some of it's tongue-in-cheek. Tongue most of it's just me talking because it's stuff I believe. But I mostly try not to like be really – I try not to do exactly what I'm about to do, which is it is entirely inexcusable to have five minutes of cardio when you are winning and not like barely winning – like he just sat on him. I know he did two big lifts. Boom. That's tough. I have thrown bags over my shoulder. It's very difficult, but I can throw two of them and then sit on top of a bag for five minutes and I won't be gassed. You are a professional athlete and a fighter, ostensibly a pretty good one. And he had, he was gassed after five minutes, all of which he was in controlling position. And just mostly leaning on Tybura. That is, I won't say it's the most inexcusable part of the night, but maybe it is. But I mean, a lot of people did some really. It was a bad night in a lot of ways. Like some of the ju- some of the refereeing was terrible. Some of the judging was terrible. Uh, among the worst fight IQ I've ever seen occurred on this <laughs> this fight card. But Ro- Romanov being unable to get the fight he wanted and just be like, I'm done. I had a good four minutes in me. That's it. I got nothing else. Like that is inexcusable. And so strictly because of that, he kind of like he deserves to lose spiritually because you can't do that as a professional fist fighter. It's not real. Yeah, not a not a great showing, but Tybora gets the win. Jared Gordon got a win. Luis Saldana, speaking of not great fight IQ and making mistakes. Oh, also, uh, I just so we're clear, I want to make sure I've got this right. Somebody scored – this is the worst scorecard of the evening because somebody scored wo- the first round for Woodson, 10-8. I'm almost certain that, that is true. I am. Uh, let me pull up MMA decisions, but I am almost certain that somebody scored the first round of that because of the point deduction. No, no, no. Okay. I thought I saw that somewhere. No, yeah, yeah it's 9-9. That would really, really terrible. Uh, that's what I thought we we had going. Uh, still don't love these scores. All right, I got it. I got it right now. Yeah, nine 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 nine. 
Yeah, I nine, thought nine. I saw on so Twitter they, that yeah. someone, someone said he because it was like because it was a split draw and seemed very odd to me. But yeah, yeah Saldana, I scored it. Horrific I, fight I, 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 yeah, I scored it. Almost the same that Richmond Montana's did. I thought. I mean, I thought Saldana won all three rounds for sure. Um, he shouldn't have lost two of them. Yeah, that's for wanted, damn sure. So yeah, that's a bad. Card. Also, Derek Cleary, uh, shame on you. I'd like to be extremely clear. He should have should have won the first round nine eight, like pretty obvious. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. I agree. With you. I think twenty nine twenty six is how I ab- scored it for Saldana. Abs- absolutely shameful that he didn't win the first round nine eight. Like that is because I can see. I can't. Okay, I fundamentally disagree with not giving Romanov, and I think the rules agree you're supposed to give Romanov a ten eight. But you can at least, if you're being a, a real dipshit judge, you can read the rules in such a way that Romanov did not do enough damage despite holding the position. That uh, because the way it's worded, if they do X like X amount of damage, you are compelled. You must award a ten eight. Is the way the language is. But if they just have dominance in control and duration, you may award. So if you're being just the worst kind of human being that's judging a fight, I can. There's at least a justification to not give Romanov a ten eight. Uh, but there's like by the letter of the law, there is no world in which Saldana doesn't get a ten like a nine eight in that fight. Like he very clearly did X amount of damage that compels you to give him a score of nine eight. So. I think that's the, I think that is the worst card of the evening. Bad judging, also some bad refereeing in my eyes because oh, I think Saldana should have lost two points for that knee because that was like a near concussive, like fight changing, illegal shot. Yeah. Like I would have no issue if two points were taken away on that one, I, and I would have I, I would have been actually okay. With, I would have applauded that, but that didn't happen, I, and here we are. I agree. Also, spiritually, I we should just allow you to knee people in the head because it's really stupid that we don't. Yeah, but and just I grab agree. the fence. The, the rules yeah, are the rules. Just, he should have been deducted two points. Poke him in the eye, kick him in the ding ding, grab the fence, grab the gloves. Really no one's gonna stop you. It is such no a one's good gonna move. stop you. Angelosa, good win. Amir Albazi, man's gonna be a problem at one twenty five. Good win for Richie Lang. It was a fun fight with Jay Perrin. Uh, and Victor Altamirano kicks night, kicks the night off with violence and gets himself 50 G's, uh, along with Leon Edwards and Paulo Costa and Luke Rockhold for the fight of the night. One last thing I want to say before we go to the peeps, um, we mentioned Bilal Muhammad or Hamza might've been the biggest losers when it comes to the main event and how it played out. I think the biggest winner of the night outside of that with one of these three big fights was Cheeto Vera. I think Cheeto Vera is now driving the the truck right now in this little Bantamweight Grand Prix. He's definitely ahead of Marab in this conversation. Like Marab is is out of it's not out of it, but he's he's Cheeto's way ahead of him right now. And then it all depends on like if, if Piotr Jan beats Sean O'Malley, Cheeto's probably getting in, in Sterling wins, Cheeto's probably getting the title shot. But that's at least mm. the way I see it. Maybe. I there's a world where if Sterling wins, he does because he's talked about vacating and moving up. He does that, and then they do Marab versus Piotr Jan, and Cheeto has to fight. I, I don't know. Uh, maybe you do the Aldo rematch, so they probably do Aldo Cruz at this juncture. Uh, he he certainly gained. I don't know how much. 
a lot of it will depend on uh, 280 and and what goes down there because it will all be entirely moot if Sean O'Malley wins. If Sean O'Malley finds a way to beat Piotr sure. Jan, nothing matters. That's, he's fighting for the belt. Yep. All right. Let's go to the piece. Let's take a few questions. Let's do it. There's Casey back in our Hi. lives. Hi. I look, look at look at the two greatest judges right here. You and me, Jed. I know. We nailed it. And I will because I'm sure somebody in the comments is calling me a homer. Yep, damn sure. Don't care. Stand you know, by it. The, the fight reminded me of um, the Marab uh, fight, round two especially, of Ketlin Vieira versus Holly Holm. Um, I scored that fight oh, for Holly Holm. I scored that fight for Holly Holm because I thought – Yeah, I might have to. And I, and I thought – I thought at the moment is like, well, she's holding against the cage and she kept kneeing her in the legs. That's what Marab was doing. But then everyone's like, no, no, significant strikes were for damaging strikes were for um, Biera. I was like, okay, I'm wrong. Then I see this fight and I'm like, oh, okay, this is the same fight. It's Auto that's doing the damage. But I don't know. I, I was kind of shocked when I saw the media scores. I thought it would be a lot. I thought I, I was kind of shocked that we were the only ones that had Auto winning round two, but. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. surprised by that as well. Yeah, here we are. Because yeah, ex- nah, yeah, I know. Here we are. But all right, do do. Oh, interesting. Um, more of a comment, but a little bad streak for Trevor Whitman. It's tough. Yep, especially because that one was looking like it was good for him. Yeah. So yep. um, Rose, Justin, and um, uh, Usman. Yeah. So um, yeah, you just. Um, yeah, coaches, camps, they have their ups and downs, you know, just that's just how sport goes. Yep. It's why MMA rules. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Oh, oh, we didn't get to mention this, and I'm just going to get on my soapbox right now. Uh, Mike, what do I say all the time about the hardest thing to do in MMA? Successfully defend your titles over and over again. Yeah, it's really, really damn difficult because you can't ever slip up. You get everybody's best shot every time. And you get a guy like Leon Edwards who's a hard-ass mother effer who has spent his entire life climbing it out of the out of the ditch. And he has been looked over and bypassed and run down. I've done a lot of it, and I don't regret a single bit of it that I did. Just <laughs> Most so of we're it from clear. you, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I don't regret a single thing I said. But you get a dude like that who is very good and very talented and – it takes one slip up, one second, and he is going to do everything he can because this is his entire life. And so it doesn't matter if you're fighting, you know, if you're George St. Pierre and you're fighting Dan freaking Hardy, it just happens. And so please, I am begging you all. I know that the UFC has one way to promote two ways, either it's bad blood or he's the greatest fighter that's ever lived. But six is not as many as nine. I'm sorry, five, because he didn't successfully defend this one. And it's, that is not a knock on Kamaru Usman. It is impossible to have five title defenses. It is unbelievable that he did that. But please, he wasn't close to George St. Pierre in the GOAT talk. He was the second best welterweight of all time and a top 10 all-time fighter. 
And that is an unbelievable accomplishment. But we don't have to pretend that he has surpassed GSP because we want to be part of we want to be part of history. And that's what it is. It is a compulsion on us to be this thing now in front of us. This is ours and it's the greatest it's ever been. Because if Usman had gone out here and won that and he was damn very close to it, he's still not GSP. But if he goes out and continues winning, then he can be. And then it's justified and it's real and it's not a fabrication. So please, I am begging everyone, respect the fighters who have put in the work time and again. Because if Leon gets two title defenses, he's not better than Kamar Usman. I don't give a shit that he just knocked Kamar Usman out. He is historically not better than him. Even if he wins the rematch and defends against Jorge and Covington, he's just not better than what Usman did. Max Holloway. Okay. Max Holloway, Max Holloway is not, better, is not than, better than Jose Aldo. He beat him. Uh, yeah. I was, was going to use that as a shot at the end. <laughs> exactly. It's it. And it's there's nothing wrong with you being the second greatest person all time in the history of a thing. That's, in fact, incredible. And we should all be like, holy shit. That's unbelievable. <laughs> but instead, it's just like, he might be the greatest. I don't know. He wasn't. I mean, this is why. Because you're off nights – or not even an off night. Usman off. was very much on. And it's it off, just it was really his off second. And that's all yeah, it takes. Off second. Because this sport is insane and chaos reigns forever. And I just want people to stop and think about that a lot more because people get way too excited about that and about winning multiple belts. And that's cool. But like nobody appreciates Demetrius Johnson enough. I, I genuinely don't. I'm glad I genuinely do not believe we will see a person do what Demetrius Johnson did. And I know people want to run that down like flyweight sucked. Actually, no, all of those wins are mostly really damn good wins. Uh, and I think there's a very real chance that in my lifetime of following the sport, we never see someone put that together because it was fu- it was impossible. What he did was impossible. What George St. Pierre did yep. was impossible. What Kamar Usman did was impossible, but it just wasn't as impossible as what George did. He wasn't there yet. So I'm off my soapbox now, but no, no, that's, 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 that's awesome. There's only, there's only one fighter in the sport who has any chance of beating that record. And it's Valentina Shevchenko. I don't think anybody else. I I, I think she's the only one with a chance. And and I don't even think that 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 will happen because we just saw how difficult this is. Yeah. So hundred percent. 100%. 100%. Like, I think outside of Valentina, the most act, the, the current active leader is now Israel Adesanya, who is five, and he's got a tough task with Alex Pereira coming up. So we'll yeah. see. We'll see what happens. Just, Let's go to the peeps. We'll take a couple yeah. questions. Oh, but before we go to the peeps, oh, real quick to Jed, um, before the fight, you were mentioning a lot, and, and I agreed with it. You know, you were like, um, Leon Edwards has to have the perfect fight to win. Usman doesn't have to have the perfect fight. Genuinely but, thought he did. I was super wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. That's just, just the sport. And like, that's it. and Usman did. I mean, clearly Edwards did not have the perfect fight. Actually, Edwards had probably a kind of a crappy fight, and yet he somehow I he won. fought really badly. Actually, yeah. Not that he fought badly. I thought he fought. It wasn't I the am best. not. Yeah, I am not uh, uh, an MMA coach or whatever. But like. And maybe this is way too simplistic, and that's totally fair. And if it is, hand up. Like I'm, I'm a dude talking out of his ass on camera, whatever. But like to me, and I wrote about this in the thing. Like 
the most important thing Usman Usman had to do a couple of things. Like he needed to not get wrestled. He needed to have a plan to work the jab. The most important thing he needed to do was he needed to win the footwork battle. He needed to be the one coming forward because he's not that good fighting. Like he's fine, but he's not a great fighter off the back foot. And nobody in MMA is good at fighting off their back foot. Like there are three, maybe four fighters who are legitimately talented people working backwards. Everybody is just worse at it. Kamar Usman especially. And if you go and watch the Colby Covington fight, he wins that fight in the first three rounds. He is always coming forward. He starts backing up in the latter two rounds, and Colby starts winning the fight. Like that's just – he is not as good working the counter and working off the back foot. And the every second that Leon did take the center and did push the action, he had way more success. Ultimately – kicking Usman in the face. Uh, it's just, I thought he should have been doing that the whole time. His corner was begging him to do it, but he he really, really struggled with it. And I, Mike, you said at the start of this that starting round, or at the end of round four, nobody thought Leon was winning. I thought Leon was screwed at the end of round two because the takedown started coming and it, he he was just immediately getting his back to the fence, like instantaneously just conceding. I was like, he can't win here. He doesn't have the shot to do it for off the back foot. But then he didn't. So I thought he fought really poorly, actually. And it didn't matter. I was super wrong on that because I thought he had to be perfect. He fought poorly, but he just took advantage of the moment. And yep. I'd like to point out the just the similarities, the kind of the funny similarities to this fight and – Leon Edwards versus Nate Diaz. It was very funny. And ba- I, I was watch- I've, no, I've watched a clip of Usman getting knocked out many times, but what actually was more important than the clip of him getting knocked out, there was nothing happening for about 20 seconds before that. They were both kind of just standing there looking at each other for about 20 seconds. Nothing happens. And then, boop, knockout. And that's a lot. I mean, it's not exactly the same thing, but that's what how Nate we, – we, we, we were kind of beginning – going into this fight, we're like, ah. Oh, Leon just has these lapses, but it was Usman that had a lapse. Usman that had the lapse. It was just in a lapse early and a lapse late. Yeah, the, the lapse early, it was like okay, he. Recovered. I'm not even sure. I, I yeah, I think that was less of a like lapse than he just genuinely did not expect it. Well, I don't think he was like brain farting. It was just like that. Why Sick you on. would try and take me down? What? And then suddenly he was mounted. It was awesome. It was awesome. Yeah, it was just. It's just it's wild. I'm also, yeah. <laughs> I'm really I'm really glad Leon got to do that in the first because I think it substantively changes the narrative of this fight. Like we're still gonna get some lucky shot stuff coming out of this anyway, but because Leon won the first round and did that, I think that narrative is really diminished, which is always makes me happy because I think lucky shot is a stupid narrative. I don't wanna have it. All right, you can pull up a question, but let me ask you this real quick, Judd. Yes. Mm-hmm. Who are you picking in the re- who are you picking the rematch right now? Leon. Leon. Okay. Uh, I I picked Leon in this one, and granted, the fight did not look really anything like I thought it would. Uh, but I don't have the stats in front of me. I am going to assume that the statistics for uh, younger fighters who win the rematch going into the trilogy is because the fighters who win the rematch going into the trilogy is already vastly weighted towards that. We've seen a couple notable notable exceptions to that uh, recently, Amanda Nunes, um, Davis Figueredo. But I'm just going to assume that when you also factor in the younger guy, that that number still moves really heavily towards the guy who won the rematch. And so uh, 
but I say it's, I'm really interested because how does Usman react to getting knocked out like that? Uh, uh, Leon will come into that knowing I didn't do enough. Like I I got the win, but I was really close to not. So he'll be super, super geared up for it. It's a really fascinating trilogy fight. And we have really, to really that, is. We, we have to assume the fight will be at sea level ish too, and that's mm-hmm. going to be in. It's going to be in the UK. It's going to hundred percent be in the UK. You have to do it there. I mean, sure hope you do. And yeah, it's mal. It's it's promotional malpractice if it is not in London. Ooh, I love this question because I. It's one of two. Yeah, it's cha- It's that or Anderson versus Chael, right? I guess that's okay. One of three. I, for whatever reason, blanked on that one. Um, it's it's that uh, Anderson Chael, which is still probably the number one. Yeah, I agree uh, with that. That's probably number one, actually. Uh, and then this or uh, the Misha Tate fight. Misha and Holly. Yeah, Misha, that's Misha, Misha, Misha uh, getting uh, the belt was. I was thinking that fight was over, and then she got takedown, took the back, choked her. All, actually, very similar in the way the fight played out versus Leon, but for how the ending was. Yeah. Uh, it was tied. It was tied heading into the fifth round, wasn't it? I don't fight? remember it being tied. I remember Misha won one round because she got a takedown, and I thought Holly would be in the hell. It was a 10-8, though, it, wasn't it? It could have been. A t- I, don't, I, don't I don't know if they had really scorecards, but like the, I remember Misha had that choke to the end of the round. But my, but yeah. even, be, even my before, recollection is that Misha won one round and then, and Holly and Holly was mm-hmm. winning that fifth round till she Holly was winning the fifth yeah. round until just, she just got like tonight's fight just like ball. it wasn't like Leon was dominating the fifth round and finished it Leon was about to lose that fifth round again mm-hmm. um, biggest be, biggest comeback you have history high stakes it's at least for KO finishes in the fifth round yeah I would say without it out I mean you obviously have like. The Pat Barry's Czech Congo type, but it's just the stakes weren't as high, obviously. And this was just, yeah, yeah. All three, all three judges gave Misha Tate a ten eight in the second. She did get a ten eight. She lost the other three, and Holly was winning the fifth winning, until winning the fifth. yeah, until she got taken down and choked out. So, yep. But had she not gotten the finish, probably still would have been. A, I mean, it would have been a draw. Yeah. Yeah, but I um, guess maybe they maybe they give her another ten eight and then it's then that would have been wild shit. But yeah, well, yeah, yeah that'd have been crazy. Um, I can't believe they never they never rematched, right? Nope. Yeah. No, but they should. That'd be yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, you know who else never rematched? Luke Rockhold and Chris Weidman. Yeah, I I'd love to, I'd, I'd love to watch them fight again. That I would actually. I think the timing of that could work. I that's I think that that fight just makes a lot of sense and yeah. would be fine. It's, Luke acquitted himself well. Yeah, two and just yeah, and two just two old guys. This is yeah, a two yeah. old guys. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Just I just saw lots of compliments for Luke actually in the comments on Twitter and everything. I think that fifth round really kind of saved in the fifth round and his post fight interview almost kind of saved. Rocco's legacy, you know, and unbelievable was, post-fight interview. Yeah, I'm, a couple yeah. of really good ones. Leon's was some yeah. moving shit. So great um, stuff. Good job, UFC, getting those, doing those um, interviews. Uh, oh, does this shocking win make the welterweight division more fun now? I mean, if he gets another one, then I, I don't know. Well, I mean, it makes it, it, it inter- makes it more interesting for sure. 
Ooh, well, it does make it more interesting. I mean, the division's always been fun. There's an argument that Leon Edwards being your champion by definition makes the division less fun. Um, <laughs> because I know we just authored one of the greatest KOs in the history of the sport. But, like, again, I don't think we can stress enough that that's so out of character. <laughs> like, Leon Edwards has, I think, two KOs in the UFC and one was his debut. Like, it's... It's just so, so, yeah, Seth Machinsky. It wasn't his debut because he lost his <laughs> debut. Seth Machinsky in 2015. Oh, I guess he, he TKO'd Peter Sabata, but I guess it's just yeah, not a I, thing he does. Also, it's Peter Sabata. It's not <laughs> so, It's so unbelievable that this happened. Uh, yeah. But, like, he also went to a not-that-interesting decision with Nate friggin' Diaz. Like, it's... But we're getting this fight first, and that fight's going to be awesome. So it probably makes it more exciting. But the real cynical view is that it makes it lamer. Yeah. The the build to this fight, like, aged really well. It just got more interesting the closer we got to the actual fight. Four rounds into it, it got a lot less interesting, and then it ended the way that it did. But now the rematch is going to be super interesting because – Leon clearly wasn't at his best. I believe him when he says that the altitude like did make him tire, but it like kind of made his body feel a little funny. And Usman's gonna Usman's gonna learn a lot from this loss too. So adjustments will be made. It will not be the same fight this time around. And I can't wait. Yeah. I can't wait to see it. I I I really get that. Like Leon said, I wasn't tired. I just couldn't do things. Because like there's literally less oxygen getting to your brain. Yeah. It's like it's just like I just, you just and Usman Usman was good to go. Here. Yeah, Usman was train, good to go. Doesn't he train in Denver? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it was just higher just elevation. Used to yeah. it. Yeah. That's, yeah. I again not not a rocket doctor or whatever, and I'm sure that sleeping in an elevate like sleeping in a hyperbaric whatever like I'm sure that that helps. But they always say that like that's like that's the thing. He is like okay, cool. He's not training in one so unless i was punching you while you're sleeping (laughs) like i it has always baffled me because i know that it is expensive but like replicate fight conditions (laughs) just because sure you sleeping in the tent or whatever is better than you not sleeping in the tent but you know what's better than that like training the way you're gonna fight in the conditions you're gonna fight like that's why Fabrizio Verdum went to Mexico City yeah, like two months lived, beforehand he, yeah. and beat the hell out of Velasquez almost exclusively because he just did the smart thing. Like, just do the smart thing, man. Do the smart thing. I, I remember basically Kane just kind of roundabout said at the time, I just didn't want to spend the money. Yeah. To send, bring my, and there was, there was, it was just impossible too because at that time, AKA was, was very successful mm-hmm. and he just, he just couldn't afford to bring every coach. Just, coach down yeah. in mexico city just it just it was just no way for him to do it or pay these coaches enough but um yeah it's really yeah. difficult it's very inconvenient but like if you're leon edwards and you know for a fact that kamar usman is training at elevation you getting a tent that lowers your oxygen intake just ain't doing shit man like you gotta you're, you're just sleeping badly <laughs> this is your yeah this is your one shot at the title and it worked out for him i'm glad i'm glad it did because great right. I, it, it's really fun that he won the belt but yeah 
I just, they always say that like, that's, oh, he's good. He's sleeping. He's sleeping in it. Cool. Is he running in it? Is he fist fighting people yes. in it? Because those are very different things. I'm not spending a lot of energy when I sleep. So I don't know. He just takes a nap and some random sparring partner just comes and takes him down. Like, oh. <laughs> um, I, I lost the question. I don't know where it was on here, but uh, I'll just ask what they said. Who's pound for pound number one now? The same um, guy who's pound for one. I mean, I know, Jed, you have a different guy than I, I have. I have but, a different one than everybody yeah, else. Yeah. Well, I, I, it was who, Volk, who's the I was UFC going to say one. the pound for pound? Who's the UFC oh, going to say? They're going to say Volkanovski. They're going to say Volkanovski. It's going to be Volkanovski. Volk Volk for I assume he's number two in their rankings. Um, I could be wrong. Pull it up. Oh, he is number two. Uh, yeah, they're going to move him to number one. Uh, yeah, it's Israel. One. It's Israel Adesanya. Um, sorry, I have I still have Izzy. I have Izzy. I had Izzy coming into this fight. I still have Izzy, but uh, I it's, just I'm, if if Usman had won, I actually think he would have passed Izzy. Um, but it's the same thing. I on my soapbox, I Volkanovski may be the best fighter in the world if you're just looking at skills, etc. But that's that's Izzy has beaten more people in his division that are very good than Volk mm-hmm. has. Volk's beaten Max Holloway three times, which is great, super incredible accomplishment. He beat Max Holloway and Brian Ortega. And Korean Zombie and your mileage varies on how truly impressive that is. Israel's beaten literally everyone in the top five of his division except for Alex Pajeda, who just moved into the top five of his division. I, I think he's clearly the number one pound-for-pound fighter in the world. Before we head out, um, actually I want to ask Mike something. Coming into this fight, you mentioned – uh, you said there was so much pressure on Usman. If he loses this, he loses everything. You know, he loses you know, going to 205. He loses all this, you know, all that stuff. Do you still believe that's true? Yes. You know, you know, because what I'm trying to say? I, think, I, 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 yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, I mean, but it's because, and this is, this is the, this is the whole thing about it, which I agree with everything Jed said about the whole GSP thing. Like it was way too soon to be talking about that, but you can make a, you can have a tremendous Hall of Fame career being the number two welterweight of all time. And top he still had a long way to go. Yeah. Yeah, it's top, amazing. Yeah. It's incredible. Well, it it's incredible. undeniably a top 10 all-time all time. fighter. Yeah. Pound right. for pound all-time. GSP is right. number but, one. He's number one. Like That's just it. That's the answer. Yes. But I just – I don't know. It's just to me that there are certain narratives that were that were put on this man that – it was probably too soon for it. And, you know, pressure mounts and stuff like that. You're talking about going to 205 and boxing Canelo and all those things. And that's cool. Like you have goals and you have aspirations. I don't think he was like overlooking Leon Edwards at all. I don't think so. But for the things he was saying that, you know, I want to be the best to ever do it. I want to be the greatest of all time. I want to do this. I want to do that. Like, I think a lot of that is gone right now. Now he could go out there and just do it. That's a question wreck. I wonder, actually. Yeah. Right. He could go out there and just wreck Leon Edwards in the next mm-hmm. fight. Like one of the like a Volkanovsky Korean zombie type of performance or a Volkanovsky Max Holloway. Or even even Korean GSP type Sarah too. How about GSP Sarah too? You know, you, you yeah, almost I don't, you forget, I don't, you forget the first you, one. The first you one don't matter. compare GSP the two though. Sarah too, which I think is like no disrespect to Volkanovsky's absolute dismantling of Korean zombie. GSP Sarah 2 is, I think, the single biggest ass kicking I've ever seen in a professional fist fight. Like that was an exorcism. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, of coming is. coming off someone that just kicked your ass. That's what I mean. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. That was an exorcism. But, so if he right, does that in this rematch, whoo, buddy. <laughs> that's, right, but I don't. 
like I said, I compared. I didn't compare this fight to Pena Nunes. I didn't compare this fight to Sarajewski. Oh, yeah. I compared this to no. Weidman Anderson Silva. That's how I how I compared it. Like I think that's a more apt comparison. Like this isn't this is an upset by betting line terminology and just where Usman was and where Leon was and how people viewed both guys at the time. But this was not like like I like I said all week. So many people thought Leon was going to win. Like yeah. it was amazing. How I, I many picked Leon. We, I don't think Leon he, was going to win. No, we, yeah. we didn't pick this way, but we did pick me and Jay yeah. did pick Leon. The yeah. result, yeah, the results and how it all played out is stunning. But him leaving Salt Lake City with the welterweight champion is not that surprising. When Matt Sarah beat GSP, no one saw that coming. When Julian Peter. Chapania beat Amanda Nunes. Only one person saw that coming. <laughs> Nobody else did. Nobody else did. So I don't think, like, why you can play the fluke card, which I don't like that mm. card being played at all. But if you want to play the fluke card with Juliana Pena and you want to play the fluke card with uh, Matt Sarah, I don't think you could play it here. Like, you, there will be people who will play it, but not as many as those two fights. So I, I do think Usman takes a hit. This 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 rematch, whenever it happens next year in the UK, Usman doesn't just have to win. He has to blow the doors off this man if he wants to get some of that juice back. It, that, yeah. At least that's what I think. Much at like Nunes had to do the Pena in the, the rematch, just blow the doors off her. Like, I think if what, he wins convincingly, it's okay. Because okay, I'm not going to knock I knock him huge for the loss. If he comes back and wins convincingly, maybe doesn't get a stoppage. But, you know, he wins a 49-46 like he was on his way to doing. Uh, I think that that's – it doesn't get him all the way back, but it it puts him back yeah. in into top three, top three-ish pound-for-pound fighter range. And, again, Kamal yeah, Usman yeah, exactly. could end up being the greatest welterweight of all time. I would not bet on it. But I wouldn't have bet on it for years. I, like it's because it's just really hard to do. But yeah, this doesn't ruin his campaign. It it is definitely a, a setback. I have a question for you guys though. I don't think this is going to happen. But I just thought of it, and it would be way way better. <laughs> I think the funniest and best outcome is what if Usman's just like, you know what? No, I'm good. I I've I've done the welterweight thing. I'm just going to go to 205 anyways. Yes, Leon can have it. Uh, I'd like to go fight the winner of Yuri Brahashev Glover Teixeira because that would be the best. I, I'm really rooting for that. I don't think it'll if happen. He, if he comes out and does his first interview, which will probably be with like ESPN or something, if he comes out and that's like the first thing he says, that would be awesome. That would just be amazing. He's like and Leon, Jorge Masvidal is getting a friggin' title shot. Yeah, it's just like I have a lot of respect for Leon – he really wants to fight Jorge, and that's cool. Like, I understand why. Let him do it. Let Leon get the bag. He earned it. He kicked my ass. Good for him. I still – all the stuff I said before, I want the respect. I still want that respect. So I'd like to go fist fight Yuri Prohashka. That would be awesome. Do yeah. that. I don't think he loses – I don't think he's going to lose respect for this. I just think – I think it's a giant step back for the all-time greats, like the Canelo's talk, the 205. Like maybe, maybe he just will say, "Screw it, I'm bored. I want to go to 205." But I don't think, I don't think he's getting right into a title fight. Like if he had won this fight and he just said, "Nah, I'm not going to fight Hamza. I'm going to go fight for the light heavyweight title," I think the UFC would have let him do it. Like Dana was hesitant and been like, "If I was his, I'm just his promoter. If I was his manager or whatever, I would tell him not to do it. But if he wants to do it, I'm going to let him do it." But I think he, that's off the table for for now, unless he, he just is like, I'm never fighting for the welterweight title. Yeah, and these are the things I'm talking about. Like, I don't mean like 
his entire legacy is crushed. But him going up to 205 and fighting for a second title, all that stuff goes away. You think they remove him from Black Panther? Like, we don't want him. Let's get Leon in here. We don't want you. He'll probably get more movie roles. He'll probably get more movie roles. You know what I mean? Like, look, Kamara's a very talented dude. He's a very well-spoken guy. Like, I think he's... He's got he's a great color commentator too. Really yeah, we good. Yeah, we talked about a lot. He's very good on the mic in that regard. Very good on the mic. He's got a bright future. He doesn't need to fight anymore if he doesn't want to. He's a competitive son of a gun, so he will. And he I I don't think it would be hilarious if that happened. He just said, "Nah, I'll go to 205. I don't awesome. care what anybody says. I'm just going." It would be hilarious, but there's no way Usman's not like pissed off and like already thinking about fighting Leon Edwards again. So yeah, this, do do could we see Leon Edwards being a great long running champion, or is this just a guy that wins? A guy, a guy that's I don't know. What I'm trying to say, but is but I don't know, man. He matches. It's he's he's a really good fighter, and I think he's a really good matchup for Usman in a lot of ways. And I think that's why a lot of people thought he had a chance to win. Like the fight through four and a half rounds is exactly the way I thought it was going to go. I thought he was just going to wrestle him. Like Leon would have his moments, but like, we're going to see a 49, 46 for Usman. Like what read my prediction. It's exactly how I laid it out. Yeah. It it Um, was going very much how you thought it was going to go actually until that ass. But style. But stylistically, I think Shamayev is a horrendous matchup for Leon. I think Colby's a horrendous matchup for Leon. I think he'll probably yeah, beat Mazadal, but even but even with like the emotions there, like I think he'll beat Mazadal. Like there's there's just tough match. There's just a lot of like really rough stylistic matchups for him. But who knows? Maybe maybe he catches. Maybe this is like the beginning of him just ca- like, and it's hard to say when you have an eleven fight on beaten streak that maybe now he'll catch yeah, lightning in maybe, a bottle. Yeah. But, but who knows? Maybe he'll just go and blow the doors off Camaro, and like his confidence is just at this all new level after the second fight. And who knows? I don't think he's going to get five to six title defenses oh, with Shamayev and some of those other guys. But yeah, I could see him beating yeah. Usman again and maybe Dude, getting Brady. Yeah, we Brady's have Shafkat coming up. Yeah, Shafkat. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's it's just, get one there's a lot two. of just tough matchups for him. Yeah, he's going to be like Benson Henderson. Champion, had a couple of defenses. Most of them are robberies, but like, you know, very solid guy. Undeniably a top five fighter in the division. And I call him a justified champion because Benson probably shouldn't have ever been one. But, you know. He had, go- he had some gun wins. He, he, he will be wins. a good – yeah, but he just didn't actually ever beat Frankie Edgar, so he shouldn't have ever yeah. won the belt. But. Yeah. You know he will have good wins, um, and is a a legitimate champion. But no, I, I would be very shocked if he put together like a, a five six fight run as as champ. Guys, Leon but, Edwards is a UFC champion. That's just I know, it's incredibly. Funny. <laughs> you know what? It's it's unbelievable, and this is a guy who like straight up legit paid his dues and got there and got it done in the most improbable. Yet, I don't know if hilarious, maybe hilarious is the word, it's like in context of it all, and just the whole story of this entire card. But there's just no, with the way that the co main event played out, and like the kind of letdown with the Marab Aldo fight, and some of the weirdness that happened in the prelims. Like, this, let me just, let me ask you this, Jed, and, we'll, and I'll get your take on this case because I know we kind of talked about this off air. But if that head kick doesn't land, and Usman just, Rides out the fifth round and wins the fight. 
And I don't want to be a negative Nancy at all, but is this the worst pay-per-view of the year? <laughs> I'm really bad at answering this because I don't remember paper. Like I, I just don't remember cards that well. Uh, I'd have to go back and look at what the pay-per-views were. I remember uh, the first one, the Nganu, like 71. Uh, 270. 270. I remember that one being bad. Um but I don't know if it was worse or not than this one. This can't be the worst pay-per-view of the year just because the co-main event was dope. Was so it? Yeah, but all the Marab The co-main event was really fun. Yeah. I we mean, got two Marab, finishes, but I mean, no Marab one was, Aldo, no one was really excited. Yeah. Those, those, those could have been yeah. prelim fights, early yeah, prelim I mean, fights. Yeah. Those, they weren't also – they weren't even like that fun of finishes. In yeah. New York. Gonna... But the co-main event was one of the best fights of the year, so I struggle to think this would have been the worst pay-per-view of the year. Um. But and I like it's it's such a weird question. Also, it's such a weird question because most of the pay yeah, and most of the pay-per-views are friggin' most of the pay-per-views have been awesome, like over way over delivering, like really good stuff. And we got 280 coming up, and then well, that's, like 277 that's, was good, 276 that's other, was that's the other thing here, ended Mike. poorly. This is, a, this is a useless question because 279 is an abomination. That's going hey, listen, to be got, the worst we, pay-per-view of the year. We got Tony Ferguson fighting Li Jingliang now. Which, knows, which I'm sure you guys, I'm sure you guys caught on to the next. I'm sure that was the fight after Chandler no. knocked him out. I no, <laughs> it was not. What you're not excited about Daniel Wolf's for. UFC debut on a paper on a pay per view uh, card? I'm excited about literally zero fights on that card. Zero of them. Come on, let's go. Let's go. Let's go out on a better note, guys. Come on. Right. Uh, but Leon yeah. Edwards post fight speech was one of the best things Dope. that's happened this year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause was that awesome. was, uh, that dude was just, that was everything you would expect of a guy in that position who, like you said, Mike paid his dues every step of the way doubted. Yep. Uh, I'm going to touch back to a thing I said, I guess two pay-per-views ago. Uh, I, I know that I'm apparently on an Island. I absolutely hate, that Alexander Volkanovsky acts as if he like he's doubted or people don't believe in him <laughs> or respect him because he was a huge favorite. I mean, he's a minus 200 some odd favorite over Max Holloway. Nobody in the world doubted him, uh, but he just like fabricates this thing. And so after the fight, he's like, oh, you all doubted me, blah. No, no one did. Uh, and the reason I hate it is for nights like tonight because everyone did doubt Leon Edwards. Yes, a lot of people coming into this were predict like said that he could win. But look at the betting line. Look at what has happened. Look at the shit I have talked about Leon for the last year and a half. And again, I stand by everything I said because uh, I never said he was a bad fighter. Say super boring. And a lot of people did doubt that man. And so when Volk does something like that, it just rings hollow. It's it's that is you making something up because you're that like you have to do that or whatever. And that's fine if you have to motivate yourself that way, but don't project that out into the world as if it's true when it's obviously horseshit. But when Leon says, you all doubted me, look at me now, champion of the world, like that hits here. And, you know, mama, I told you, I said I was going to make, I was going to change our lives forever. Look at me now. Like that was, that was legitimately moving stuff. And that's why I don't want people who aren't doubted to pretend like they were because, People get doubted, like actually people get doubted and overcome those circumstances all the damn time. And for as great of an effort as Volkanovsky has given in his life and the fact that he is one of the best fighters ever, et cetera, et cetera, 
that man didn't come from the same. Like Leon Edwards came from a tougher, a tougher lot in life, yeah. all the way down, every step of the way. And I, we don't need to. Let's not co-opt his thing. Just do your own. Look, I'm a badass. Look at me. I just tuned up Max Holloway. Let Leon be the one. You guys doubted me. Doubt me now. So, I'm off my soapbox again. Jed Mishu soapbox was uh was <laughs> stacked nice and high. Stacked. There was oh. two soapboxes. He kicked okay. one over and then just stood back <laughs> up on the other half. Also, nope. flyweight unders, they never lose. And heavyweights, heavyweight overs. They heavyweight overs win. is getting we're in that not, discussion. It's it's getting in the discussion, but. You know, we're like I said, we're not gonna pre we're not gonna blow things up too early. We take our time, we let them prove themselves in here. Heavyweight overs mostly win. But flyweight unders, they never lose, baby. All right. And I hate to burst your bubble. I don't know if you know this, but there's not a single flyweight on the two seventy nine slate right now. So we we there's yeah, I don't think there's nothing at Paris either. And Cedric Dumbai is uh, he's off the card. We don't, we don't know what's happening. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't. I don't believe UFC kind of, even we, happening. I don't. I don't. We, some reason we, I don't. Do we kind of know? Yeah, we we kind of know what's happening with the. Oh. Listen, yeah. we know what's happening. Yeah, we know <laughs> we, what's happening. We, We've seen this we before. Know. Listen, here's what I'll say about this because so many people have asked about it. He is not under UFC contract, at least from the people that we have spoken to at MMAfighting.com tremendous website who does their homework um but i will say that i I will say this he is on he is basically on a list where as soon as whatever he is dealing with is cleared and he can fight the ufc will pick up the telephone and call him up and say now you can come fight you're clear he just doesn't have a contract right now but once he gets cleared he probably will so i think one side is saying one thing, the other side saying another. And I think there's like just some losing of translation, but they're both kind of right and wrong at the same time. So mm-hmm. I don't think it's we're I don't think we're living in a world, at least from what I know and what I've been told and what other people that I work with have been told, I don't think we're living in a world where you'd never see Cedric Dumbay fight in the UFC. So I'm positive we will see him fight for the promotion. He, it's just not happening in two weeks. And it may not happen this year, but it will happen. And it will happen sooner rather than later. Okay? There you go. There's your Cedric right. Dumbay update. With that said, hit, hit the music. music. This is a longer post-fight show than I thought it was going to be, but it's okay. Because this is a, a night full a of storylines. A big thing and we have a lot, And we have a lot to discuss tomorrow, Jed. So... Get yeah, a couple hours shut eye. We still have oh, some I'm, work to do, but get a couple sorry, hours shut eye. I'm not going to bed for a while. I have plenty of stuff. Right. We'll try to get like two to three hours, and then at 11 a.m. Eastern, we'll be back, and we're going to do some matchmaking. On to the next one. Myself, Jed Mishu, filling in in the gigantic shoes of the world traveler, Alexander A.K. Lee, and Dude. we'll have some fun. So matchmaking picks, save them for tomorrow, and we will pull them up on the screen, and we will address them, and Jed will probably... Not be kind to you if he thinks your picks suck, but who knows? I'm going to no, be probably no, no. a little grumpy. Okay, I'm bad at that. I'm I'm not a matchmaker. That's that's your purview. You and AK yeah. do a great job. I'm yeah. I'm just there to to carry the water. And I'm probably going to be a grump and just I'm going to have hot. I'm probably going to have takes tomorrow, but we'll see <laughs> what happens. That. Let's for go. Jed for Casey. I am Mike Heck. Hope you guys enjoyed the card. We'll see you tomorrow. Good night, everybody. 
Love you guys. Happy birthday, AK. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible. Ability and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.